This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey everyone, you're tuned into Indie Beat podcast where we talk to film people, that's indie filmmakers, programmers, critics, and all the like. Today's the first. We have a programmer here with us, Rachel Morgan of the Sidewalk Film Festival. So let's jump right in to the interview. Don't be alarmed. Let's go. I know you primarily uh, from the Sidewalk Festival, um, which I've been to and I love a lot. I was wondering if um, before we start to get into like specific kind of things, could you just tell us, the audience, um, your film background, where you come from, not even from school, but just like falling in love with film and all that, like growing up? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I was, I, yeah, I pretty much have been in love with film since I was a little kid. I loved going to, you know, sort of the, the movie theater um, alone when I was little, um, you know, as early as I could, basically. Um, and, you know, back in the day in the 80s, there would be always, like, a movie theater attached to the mall. So, you know, I loved just being, like, in the mall and then going to the movies. So um, it was something I really liked. And I started doing sort of, uh, you know, video editing type stuff with two VCRs when I was pretty young as well. Um, and so the sort of, uh, you know, just the love of sort of, like, trying to create some form of, of film. Um, or, or movie was something I started doing pretty young. Um, and then I went off to, you know, I went to school and, uh, and was actually a pre-law major and took a film class and sort of made, made the connection between the things that I'd always loved doing and uh, the possible ability to sort of do that for my life. Um, and, you know, I sort of growing up in the middle class family in, in Alabama, I did, didn't really see the... <laughs> think that that was something that was, you know, that would normally be a, a course I could take. So um, it was a little bit risky, but I left after three years of pre-law and went, um, went to SCAD, went to Santa College of Art and Design and, um, and did film there and then moved away for many years and worked a little bit in New York and in Boston and other places, laundry list of places that probably aren't too terribly exciting for everybody to hear. But um, And then went back to grad school for film critical studies and um, in between that, worked professionally for a little while in, the com- in commercial production. Uh, and so, yeah, I-, I think that kind of sums it up. Do you miss law? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, good. Yeah, no reservations. Good. Yeah, no, 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 of course not, no. Um, so how did you get involved with uh, Sidewalk? Is that something, did so, you start Sidewalk or you came in? Oh, no, 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 I didn't. Uh, a bunch of other folks started Sidewalk about, this is our 20th, so they did that about 20 years ago when I was in a much different place. So I had, I, you know, when I left when I left my undergrad, which, uh, you know, it's a film production undergrad, um, when I left there, I went, went up to Boston for a little bit and was working up there sort of doing, uh, just really more, like mostly, there's a lot of educational sort of production up there and I was doing a lot of educational production and uh, then moved down back down to Savannah and worked in, in advertising a little bit, and then and then 
through that, uh, I got a job in New York being doing some sort of production, I'll just call it production in New York. Um, so I'm up in New York doing production and I, you know, I sort of been in and out of New York for, for many years, either because of relationships, uh, dated somebody in New York for a little bit or, um, or just having job, you know, getting a, getting a, a job there occasionally when I was in Boston and, and ended up sort of living there for a little bit. And, and everything I feared about New York came true for me, which is that personally for me, it's not a great place. Um, my personality and that city just don't like, it's a great place to visit, but it's not a place that I'm comfortable living. Um, and it's, you know, as you're, I'm sure aware, super expensive place to live too. Um, and so, yeah. you know, all those things combined, uh, I was like, I, I really want to, want to get away from uh, sort of, you know, working in the industry to a certain, I mean, to a certain degree, because commercial production isn't really working in the industry, but you are, I am producing, you know, things that are, that are related. And so I just re- really want to get more connected to the sort of film side of things. And so I came back down to Alabama to do my master's in critical studies, where I um, ended up focusing on um, a very specific area, but a, a specific area of horror film. Um, and so when I was coming back down south, I was just so terrified that I, you know, how do you move back down south and, and sort of go back into school and, and just sort of put, do a two-year professional hiatus, and it just made me very nervous. And so I sort of call, started calling and emailing everybody that anybody suggested I talk to in the Birmingham area about film production, and one of those people was Alan Hunter, who some people may know from MTV, he was a, a VJ on MTV. He's got um, he's on about ten stations on Sirius XM now, but um, he's sort of a you know notorious guy from um, from Birmingham. And I, I gave him a call, and um, he was like, "Oh well, I actually sorry, I didn't give him a call. I just shot him an email, and he emailed me back and said, hey, it's great that you're that you're moving back, and um, I'd love to have coffee.'" And so um, he was very generous with his time, and we talked, and he said, you should get involved with Sidewalk Film Festival, and I did. I started volunteering and uh, just sort of started working as a screener on the screening committee while I was in graduate school. And then um, the year that I sort of finished up graduate school, so I on the screening committee for a couple of years, the year I finished up graduate school, shortly after that, the, uh, the uh, ED at the time resigned, and they moved um, somebody else into the ED position, and she... Um, contacted me to go also grab a coffee and um along with Kyle McKinnon and um who was another screener and said would you guys like to program we're sort of we don't have programmers now because our creative uh, excuse me the executive director had formally done the programming so would you guys like to program and we said that sounds fun and so that was 12 years ago so that's how that started the long, long story there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, dude, we have all the time. Well, I don't know how much time you have, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of what we do here. Um, yeah. So in past episodes, I've mostly had um, filmmakers on. And I've had filmmakers that have done, you know, dabbled in programming here and there. But yeah. um, again, since I know you uh, from your work at Sidewalk, I was wondering if you could tell listeners briefly um, what a season looks like in like the grand scheme of things like Sidewalk Festival, you're open for submissions. And if you could briefly take us from that point to the festival, like what it is that you do. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'll try to, I'll try to do it in the most entertaining way because it's not, 
it's not the most exciting thing, um, but we, we open up our call for entries in, um, in December. And so we start getting submissions. We do that through Film Freeway, which is, you know, a portal where, where filmmakers can submit. And so they submit their films, and we just sort of begin screening. We, ha- we do have screening committees, and we have big screening committee meetings that sort of – we have a documentary committee – doc- excuse me, documentary features committee and a narrative features committee. And then we have our shorts committees, which we've now broken into um, doc shorts and, and narrative shorts as well. And those screeners just go out and start screening. Those committees start out at about – they start about 25 to 30 people a committee. And really, you know, ultimately, it comes down to about 15 people. Most people can't. Most people don't make it. <laughs> or at least half of them don't. And mm-hmm. they just start screening all the films that are being submitted. And, and, you know, of course, weekly, we're just getting film after film after film. In, and that goes on from about December till, um, till right about now. Um, and so we, we sealed up our, our call for entries about two weeks ago. And that's around the time that we also then release our screeners from screening. Um, and they submit review forms, and we, we look at those, and we try to make sure that every single film that's submitted has at least three people um, screening it. And so from there, we sort of average the scores from our screening committee and, and are able to, uh, you know, then do what we call graveyard and graveyard some of the films, which, you know, means we're, we're not going to look at those. Um, those have been seen by three people in our screening committee and gotten, you know, reviews that didn't, that didn't um, meet our standard, and so those are going to be rejected. And then we're left with this sort of, um, you know, huge pool full of, of films that we have to look at. And um, and I start, like, what I'm doing now, which is just watching film mm. after film after film after film. Um, and then I request films, too. You know, I go, well, I've heard about this one or i heard about that one. Or, you know, oh, man, I've really been wanting to see this. And so I'll reach out to filmmakers and, and start requesting films as well right about now and, and just start watching. And so that what that process looks like is me getting up in the morning and starting to watch films and, um, n- you know, watching as much as I can about, you know, every once in a while I try to go to the gym because you know, it's like a lot of sitting and watching film. <laughs> and I just watch film after film after film after film until I cannot keep my eyes open, <laughs> um, which is usually around 1 or 2 in the morning. And then I go to sleep and I try to get up around 7 or 8 and start it again. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that process starts and that's, you know, I just wrapped up, I teach full time, so I just wrapped up my semester. And so the minute I wrap up my semester, I start in on the screening. Um, prior to now, I, I do screen a little bit, but it's just a film here or there because I'm busy with my students and trying to do a million other things. So, but now it's when the, you know, the sort of the grueling process of just watching film after film starts. And, you know, that's, that's, sort of the, that's sort of the broad stroke of it. I mean, the other thing is while we're looking at all this, you know, it's not just a matter of is the film good or is it not good or do I like it? It's really we program a general festival. So I'm programming for, you know, everybody from, you know, a 16-year-old kid who listens to metal to, you know, somebody's grandma. Mm-hmm. So um, not that grandmoms don't listen to metal, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we're screening, we're, we're sort of programming for everybody. So we want to make sure that the lineup has has something for everybody, which I know is that impossible thing, but that's still the goal. Yeah. Um, and so we're looking at it kind of going, okay, well, we've got docs on this, and we've got, you know, narratives on this, but we, we're really short on sci-fi, or we don't have a good horror film yet, and, um, or I'm not thrilled with the ones we have, or whatever, and we start going out and trying to, you know, look at other what other festivals have done, or what people are talking about, and, you know, um, talk to other programmers, too, and kind of go and try to fill in, fill in the spots that we feel like are missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big that's a big part of trying to to you know have a balanced lineup as well. Um, and then you know there's a whole other sort of side to programming for us that that's something that's really grown 
um, in the last few years, and that is that we try to do special events around programming. So um, we try to have, you know, a, a large percentage of our films um, that have some aspect that relates to the film. So if it's, you know, if it's if there's a food in the film, then we try to like, you know, I don't know if it's a slumber party film and they have pizzas, then we try to order pizzas. If um, we passed out Captain D's sandwiches for Greasy Strangler. Mm. Um, you know, we've, we've, uh, you know, we've given away fortunes at, at the Love Witch, um, and did like, um, you know, palm readings and stuff like that. So, uh, and in the lobby. So we, we try to come up with, that's another sort of part of programming is that once I've sort of the lineup start to take shape, I'm sitting down trying to figure out what cool stuff can we do around all these films that we've got in the lineup. Like how can we make this special for people? and make the experience of coming to the festival really experiential. That's awesome. Uh, I, I just actually, I went to a festival that I live near and I won't, I won't name it or anything, but it was really like, it was very terrible. And, uh, I wasn't even like allotted time for a Q and a, whereas like the other filmmaker was, there's just like a lot yeah. of weird things that didn't feel right. So it's really nice to know and hear that, um, you know, a festival is like going out of its way to make uh, a screening special for, you know, I, I gather it is, you know, for the audience, but for the filmmaker, it's, it's really nice to hear that and to know that that's going on, you know, aside from just like screening the movie. Um, it seems like you get really excited. We try to, I think a lot of the filmmakers really dig it. You know, we try to do something and we can't do it for every film. Cause we just don't, we don't have the budget to support that, but also not every film lends to, you know, I don't think you want to go watch, uh, you know, something really dark and depressing and then, you know, have cake or something, <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, I mean, we try, we try our best sort of depending on the film itself. And I do think a lot of filmmakers really do dig it. And, you know, I'll say like, you know, we look. We we we're, we make mistakes all the time. You know, like there's certain things that I'm sure there's filmmakers out there. I think there's a lot of filmmakers out there that love sidewalk, and I know that there are that say great things about us. But I'm sure there's some out there that are like, uh, it wasn't the best, or some this happened or that happened. And it's you know, we're we're, we're not going to get it right every time. But um, I mean, I can tell you that we do we do care a lot, and we are super grateful for for our filmmakers, and we. I think we, you know, if we were, and if we were sort of launching into the festival weekend and we weren't excited about the lineup, I, I something's not right. Yeah. So we we do try really hard to be, and that's a, you know that's a bit of a balancing act too because I did, I have gone from, um, you know, twelve years ago from it being me and Kyle uh, McKinnon who I mentioned earlier, it was just us programming and we programmed everything, we programmed features and we programmed shorts and we you know, just everything. And now we've, we've really grown that. I mean, teen films and kids, we've grown from that to being, a, there's four of us that program features. There are um, now two shorts programmers and a short programming director. And we've also brought in a, a VR programmer and they have a co-programmer there as well. So it's really, it's now a team. So it, it, there's been some kind of, it's interesting because there's growing pains that happen with that. You know, it's just, it used to be just two people and just learning how to have a partner mm. um, took me a long time. So Kyle and I sort of getting to know one another and working as a, as, as a, in a partnership um, around the time we got comfortable doing that, mm. <laughs> the, the festival had grown and we're like, we've got to, we've got to bring more people in. And so, you know, we've grown a little bit every year. And, and so it's a little bit, you know, now you get to it and sort of that feeling of excitement about a lineup still needs to be there, but it also needs to be there, not just for me and not just for Kyle, but for, you know, an entire team full of people. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that definitely comes through. You know, I can, I can feel it just through like all oh, the cool. all the things, and just from talking to you. Um, so I was I was kind of wondering uh, when you were mentioning how you go through films. I was thinking about how uh, ever since Netflix became a thing, like now binge watching is a term, and that's what people do. And then there's been a little bit of a pushback where it's like I've read some articles and heard some people be like, you don't want to watch this like all in one sitting. You want to go week to week. That's still a special thing. And because they think it diminishes the show or series of movies or whatever it is. Do you think that would happen if you were screening movies for a festival? Like, would you still run into that issue? You know, it's um, a great question. It's so I guess in some ways I am a professional binge watcher. <laughs> um, maybe that's I should change my title um, or see see if they change see if they change it. Um, you know, I, it's it's in, it's there's a there's sort of a difference between and I'm not I'm not a personal binge watcher. Like I'm not the one to get to sit down and watch Stranger Things every one episode after another or Twin Peaks or anything like that. I'm really not. I'm sort of I go old school with that kind of stuff, and I don't I actually don't watch a lot of episodic anymore. Hmm. Um, but I loved this. I loved the back in the day when you would sort of watch Sopranos on Sunday night, and then and you were like, oh my god, and then you had to wait a week. To, there was something really lovely and exciting about that wait. And I miss that. Um, I miss that, you know, that, I mean, I guess you can try to replicate that, right? But you, it's not it's not the natural way that things happen anymore. Yeah, not uh, everyone's so doing much. it. So, like, you can't, like, wait with someone to talk about it all week and then see it again. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different thing. Um, and so, but programming and the, and the watching during programming, there is a little, there is a little something about that frenzy. Um, and it's sort of almost the feverish nature of doing it that is part of the process. Mm. And I've talked about this a lot with people that I have personal relationships with because, you know, I, it's sort of my significant other and my friends, I, I've had to say to them, you know, like there's, there's going to be days when I just, we're not, I'm not going to be a good partner for you. I'm not going to be a good friend to you. I'm not like, that's just, I can't do these things. Um, because it's a mindset that I have to get into, um, that, I mean, I don't want this to sound like self-important or anything, and I certainly don't mean it that way, but it's just the way that I have to work in order to program is I've got to kind of sit down and really get into it and not, and not be interrupted and not, I can't just go and do a two hour dinner and come back. And it really has to be this sort of level of focus that happens. And so it's less that what I, what feels like binge watching because I know what that feels like. I mean, I've had the flu and just sat there and just watched one thing after another. I know what that feels like, um, but it's not it's not the same thing. Mm. And and my viewing of films is not the same either because there's there's all these sort of different ways of watching things. And I guess in some ways, having a critical studies background and just having been a former filmmaker and having gone to film school, you're always watching stuff a little bit different than most people in the room. Mm. But there is a different way to sort of go. Like I went and watched the new Amy Schumer film in the theater, and you know I just sort of try to put that aside a little bit and just go along for the ride and enjoy myself. And I'm not watching it, thinking about programming it, and that's a different way of watching it. Mm. So when I'm sitting there watching for you know 14, 16 hours at a time, it, I really have it's a very different way of watching something. Um, and it's just a it's it's part of its mindset and part of its the way I sit on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> And part of it, you know, 
I mean, I would never, I, you know, I, I would never have a drink and, and do that, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and so it's just a different, you know, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I, I can't have my friends over, get, you know, saying things. And, you know, I, I, it's a very focused way of watching and a particular way of watching. And it's also um, a sort of, you know, it's like I, maybe a good comparison is I remember when I was and and going to SCAD and art school. So I had to do like 3D design and illustration and all this kind of stuff that didn't really help me at all. But, um, but like when I'm doing a three, when I had a big project in 3D design um, and I'm putting it together, I couldn't just, it was something I remember having to clean my Sunday afternoons off to do. Like things were always due on Monday and I had to clean my Sunday afternoon off because I couldn't just work on it for an hour on, you know, every day of the week. I had to kind of just start it and finish it. Mm. And that's a little bit what it feels like. Like I don't feel like I'm, in, I don't feel like I'm doing my job until I'm just sitting in it day after day after day after day. <laughs> hmm. That must be intense, though, like after the festival's over. Like, how do you recover from that? It is intense. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot to that because not only is it, not only are you working on this one sort of specific task, and then you finish that task, and then there's sort of a big celebration at the end of that task, so to speak. There's a little bit of an interim there because you sort of finish the task and release the lineup. And so it's a little bit like you work on the task, you finish the task, you try to celebrate and get everybody else excited about the work that you've done. And then you, you know, you celebrate the task and have it happen, and then it's over. And, you know, everybody, it's sort of, it's done. And it's a temporary thing. It's a living thing that's been over and done with. And, um... You know, my girlfriend's a producer, and so she talks a lot about this, too, in regards to that's what it's like when you make a film as well. You work really hard to make this thing, and then this thing gets made, and then you celebrate this thing, and then people watch this thing, and then this thing's done. And people don't, you know, unless it's, you know, very few films really continue to be talked about 10, 20 years later. I mean, when the grand scheme of how many films are made in a year, right? And certainly most people, I mean, I'll talk to people, I'll run to people sometimes on the street and they'll say, I met, you know, my, I met my boyfriend or my girlfriend at the screening at Sidewalk and I'll never forget it or I'll never forget that time we did this. And so I do hear some of that, but generally speaking, the festival weekend's over and we're moving on. Mm. So the sort of first part of that is just the work part that like there's this huge amount of work and then that amount of work is over and then I'm back teaching again and there's a different kind of huge amount of work. And that's a weird feeling. But the other part of it is that sort of feeling of, well, the, you know, the day after the party, right? The sort of like, oh, well, we worked really hard to have this thing, and it's done, and <laughs> everybody's gone home. Um, and so the first, I've experienced some real, what I would call sort of depression, um, the first few years that I that I programmed, and um, sort of tried to warn other people who get involved about that too. Mm. And I've learned how to, I've learned now, it, it just sort of feels now, like oh that's 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 over okay moving on <laughs> it feel it, it it that goes away I guess is the way to put it there's always this little sort of residual especially the years that are really fun mm. like that did everybody go and was like over so there's always like a little residual depression but I don't experience depression the way that I used to or that sort of lull that you would get that I used to mm. um, and to tell you the truth we we then meet about two weeks later and start talking about the next year. Oh wow! We talk about everything that about two weeks after the festival's over. We talk about everything that went wrong while it's still fresh. Like here's all the stuff that we messed up, and how are we going to make this better and avoid this again? And you know, and then we get ready for our call for entries to go back out. So 
because if you think about that timing, you know, we're basically, we wrap up at the end of August. And so we have our, you know, we have early September, we have this, this post, what we call the postmortem meeting. Um, and then we release our call for entries in December and there's preparation for that. So there's very little time spent between it being over and us starting again. Mm. In terms of programming, obviously you have to like the films and you're also taking into account like, uh, what, the audience might want how much does context matter in terms of like what's going on in the world the news like socially like how much does that enter into like what you think should be part of the program oh it's it's really important you know and i think i mean i think that's important you know i think it's important to us as programmers but here as, as programmers but i also think it's important to the you know to a population that's coming to the festival um and i mean i think it's also that's reflected by what you know, what filmmakers are making too. Mm. So those things are, yeah, they're important. And and what's going on specifically in our community, specifically in Birmingham or specifically in Alabama is really important too. Um, And so, yeah, that definitely, we definitely consider that the sort of the political climate and the social climate and the cultural climate is all really relevant to programming. And how do you figure out stuff like what does the audience want? You know, that's, that's sort of a, a little bit more of a difficult thing to do. Um, I mean, I think that, that there was definitely a learning curve there. The first couple of years that that Kyle and I programmed, I mean, we've never really programmed. I mean, we certainly never programmed a film festival before. We had assisted in programming because we were on the screening committee, but we never programmed a film festival before. So we sort of, at that point in time, and we had a different ED then, but at that point in time, we kind of got handed some rules. Like, here are the things that we do. Here's what opening night means, and here's how you do it. Here's things you can't, you do, and you don't do. Um, and I think we sort of followed, we followed the rules, but with our own sort of perspective the first couple of years. And then we, after a couple of years, we started sort of throwing the rules out. Mm. Um, and so, I, you know, we were pretty familiar, and that through that, that process of the first few years of programming, I think we're pretty familiar with, the demands of the audience here in Birmingham and that audience has grown and changed and evolved. And we've tried to keep up with that. Um, and we do surveys and that kind of stuff. So we get that, we get that as well. I mean, we know that there's, we know that, um, and it, by the way, in any city that there's going to be, you know, a large group of people who want or want to come together and see a really awesome horror film, you know, on a Saturday night and, you know, what that horror film should provide, you know, it should, you know, what the, what they're expecting of the genre, so to speak. And that's just one example. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of it's just watch being a, having the ability to watch a film and go, okay, well that really wasn't my thing, but like, I acknowledge that it's a perfectly, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a, it, it's competent, it's perfectly competent film. And it's not my thing, but I know, I feel like people will like this. We, that's actually something that people, that we say a lot. We just had a programmers meeting the other night. I think there were six different films that we talked about that we were like, people are going to like this. Like, we don't really like this, but people are going to like this. And that, that's not what's going to make up the entire lineup, but we have to have some of that. You know, this film isn't for me, but it, you know, I think, I think my brother would like this. I think my mom would like this. I think somebody I work with would like this. Mm. Um, and it's not, it's not right or wrong. It's a lot of guesswork. And I think we get it right a good percent of the time. Do you end up talking to audience members or, I mean, I assume like your friends who are not involved are coming, but is there some kind of like feedback where you can get a better idea for 
I mean, who knows what anybody wants? You know, I don't know what yeah. I want, but. Well, we, yeah, and we, and, and we try to gauge it by, like, we try to gauge it by ticket sales. Um, mm. You know, we, we've, we've, I think that if we begin to decrease ticket sales, then we start questioning what are we doing. Mm. Um, we, so we want, we keep a careful eye on that. We do, we do surveys and, um, you know, we've, we've, we do ballots during films and they're, um, oftentimes, I don't know if we do this every year, but there are times when you can write on the ballot itself and, and say something about the film, and we, we go through all of that. Um, and then we have we have surveys that are emailed out to every single person who buys a ticket. Now, every single person who buys a ticket isn't going to answer the survey, hmm. um, but they but a lot of people do answer the survey. Um, and we go that's part of what we do in that post-mortem meeting, is we sit down and we go over every single comment that is submitted on those surveys. Um, and so that gives us an idea, too. Um, and, you know, just having the sort of, I think having a broad knowledge of film and really working, working really hard to be up to date on and, and to be watching throughout the year and to be thinking about film and talking about film and reading about film throughout the year helps to kind of say, oh, I think, I think this film will be appealing to this group of folks. I think this will be appealing to all. I think this would be, you know, this appeals to me and I think it'll appeal to other people um i mean it's a lot of guesswork but i think it's educated guesswork i worked at a film festival for a couple years in connecticut and it was done by a friend of mine and he had started it so might be a little bit different because the the foundation was there when you had just started volunteering but yeah we were kind of we didn't know how to get people to come like we had a, a decent turnout all three years that i was part of it but I just remember like walking outside and seeing like teenagers outside and noticing that, oh, hey, uh, the audiences are mostly older people. Um, and I had noticed this too, like traveling festivals with like films and stuff like that. But I thought about this because you had mentioned that, you know, you want to have a film that like, oh, this 14 year old who's into metal um, would be into. So how do you go about like getting the word out there and getting people to come? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's tough. And we've, we've been able to grow the numbers over the years, but I mean, you name it, we've done it. Um, we, you know, we've do a ton of yard signs. We've done a ton of flyer and we put posters everywhere. We've, you know, we've, we try to get as much press as we can. Um, I mean, we now have somebody who does our marketing and, and social media is a huge part of that um, and trying to build an audience, trying to collect people's information who do come, trying to give people who come a good experience and encourage them to talk to other people. Um, and I mean, back, you know, I think it was my second or third year. I remember weeks before the festival going to area high schools and junior high schools and going into, you know, into the arts classes and the history classes and the English classes and sitting there and playing trailers for, you know, calling teachers and saying, Hey, I'm a fellow film teacher and we're doing this festival and I'd love to come and talk to your class about it. Do you have 10 minutes of time? I could come show some trailers for films that I think would be appropriate for kids that are, you know, in, in, in seventh grade or whatever. And, um, so I can remember going to the high schools and, you know, talking to students, talking to the, we talked to the Kiwanis club here. I mean, any, mm -hmm. any group that would let us come get in front of them, and talk to them, we would do and play trailers and, and have, you know, and try to get people excited enough to come and grow, and grow the audience that way in hopes that every, you know, you may talk to a group of 20 people. And if one of those people comes and has a good time, they may tell people. And that seems, that seems to have worked, you know, it seems, 
that are uh, knock on wood, but our numbers have grown over the years. And I think that just that, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, I guess you could call it really grassroots um, marketing and social media marketing has really helped us a lot um, to try to get the word out. Um, we also try to do really specific niche marketing in terms of um, that's something I sit with our marketing team about. Um, and when I say marketing team, I mean, we have a person who does marketing and then we have um, marketing volunteers. And so I'll sit down and say, hey, so we're screening this film and this film has, this film does this, this, and this, and this is part of one of the topics and it's about autism. And, uh, you know, it, this parent is, uh, you know, and sort of go over everything. And I think we need to reach out to them to, um, you know, parents who have kids in school that they, this might be of interest to them uh, in this particular school. And let's talk to folks that, um, you know, some of the, the, the teachers in the area and see if they can get the word out. I just, you know, clearly being one example, um, you know, or we, you know, there's a film about this band and um, this other band that's like them is playing. Let's see if we can go flyer the cars that are in the parking lot. I mean, these are all examples of things that we come up with. We do a lot of outreach, you know, when, when we look at the specific topic of a film and who we think that that'll appeal to. And we try to, you know, do that sort of specific reach out. Mm. Um, and I mean, I, you know, I can also remember riding around in the bed of a truck, you know, 10 years ago and putting in, in, we putting up yard signs all over town. Um, so fortunately, you know, the work has grown in a way that has allowed me to focus more on just the programming aspect and less on, you know, putting up yard signs on the side of the road. But, um, (laughs) that was fun too. (laughs) Gotcha. Or the films that don't make it into the program, you know, these thousands of films that don't get in. Uh, I don't, I know that for, I don't know if you still do it, but for a while, um, people who have been rejected would get a, like a written letter. Yep. We still do that. We still do. We still actually do handwritten letters. So I will, this year I will sign, um, uh, over a thousand letters. Wow. So, and some of those will be acceptance letters, but a lot of those will be rejection letters. And so, yeah, we still do that. We, I try to write a personal note in every one of them. So a lot of my time, too, during the programming process is spent just sort of sitting down and, and, and you know, signing these letters. Um, and every year, you know, we're – every year we're, we have regrets about films that didn't get programmed. And every year we have – you know, we're, we're sad about certain films that we can't fit in. Um, it does happen. And every year, you know, it's a, it's a hard day to sit down and find rejection letters, having been a filmmaker who's received rejection letters. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's a hard thing to do. I mean, it, it's not, it's one of the least fun days of the, of my programming life is to sit down and, and, you know, sign rejection letters that are going out to people. And sometimes those people are people I know and people I'm friends with. And, um, so, but you know, it is, it, it is always the thing that I have to try to remind myself of. And that is that like, we try to, we, with every decision we make, we try to do the thing that's in the best interest of the festival. And ultimately it is a competition. So, um, you know, we, it sucks, but we, and I know how bad it sucks to get a rejection letter. I mean, it certainly sucks a lot more to get a rejection letter than to sign one. Um, so, you know, it's just, but it's just the, the nature of it. And, um, you know, we can, we can get into some trouble too when we get right to the end and it's like the schedule is really full, but there's just one other film and we're just fighting to get it in there. And sometimes that backfires. We've done stuff where we've 
well, we couldn't fit anywhere, so we're going to put it here in this space at this time. And, you know, ultimately the filmmaker's not really happy with the way it screens. Or, so we've really tried to learn from that, from the that, that sort of, when you get to that place and you're like, gosh, I really, we could just fit one more in somewhere. You have to kind of fight that feeling sometimes because it's oftentimes not what's in the best interest of the festival or even sometimes of the film itself. So, um, but that's a tough part of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say, look, we, I'm not going to say we wish we could program everything we get because we don't wish we could program everything we get. Yeah. <laughs> but there's certainly a percentage of films every year that I'm really bummed about losing. Yeah, but you know, generally, what you get is is you, if your film doesn't make it in, you would get a rejection, and it's like it tends to be like a form. It tends to be like a a thing, which is fine. Like people are busy, um, but it does hurt. So the idea of getting like a, a personalized thing is um, very very nice. So thank you for doing that. It does go a long way. Um, it's like a very humane way to do it um because yeah it does sting so it's nice to know that like someone went out of their way to kind of be kind about it and it it reminds people too i think that like we did consider it you know i mean that's a feeling i think a lot of people get sometimes is that like i sent my film to this festival and i got an email and like did they even watch the thing and we've gotten by the way we we get called like that like did y'all even want you know and we've gotten called like that even from signed letters like did y'all even watch this movie Mm, and yeah we you know and oftentimes no i personally did not i mean that's that's the truth i can't watch every one of them so sometimes that no i didn't but but most of the time yeah i I actually did watch it and i can promise you that what even when i haven't i can promise you that three other people did Mm. so it has been watched yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's easy to kind but of I know retaliate. That feeling. Mm. Yeah, and I'll say this, too. Like, anybody who gets rejected from Sidewalk, just keep in mind that we rejected Lena Dunham's first film. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> we, you know, there's some, there's, there's some good company to be in out there. Yeah. And we do make mistakes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only, like, there's only so many slots that are even available, and... Uh, a question that I would have is like, you have been there for a really long time and digital is getting like more people are, are picking up a camera and doing it. So there's more films every year and it's getting to the point, you know, there was always a point where it's like you said yourself, there's stuff that you can't fit for whatever reason. And now there's just kind of not enough room at all for every festival so you can't even say that they were all bad not that you could say that like for a while now but there's that there's just not enough room there's too many films and there's not enough places to put them so i don't know what do you think needs to be done um well my gosh there are plenty of festivals that's for sure we're always shocked every year at how many how much festivals are growing um you know i don't i don't know maybe you know, I think that sometimes too, filmmakers. It's. I think it is important to screen your work. I think there's no there's no feeling like actually, you know, making a film and screening a film for an audience. So, um, I'm not going to say that we need more festivals because I think you know we're sort of, uh, you know, hitting <laughs> hitting a point with festivals where there's there's a lot. Um, but I mean, I do think there's something to be said for, um, you know, have you know, getting your own, sort of you know, self-screening, screening your own work, um, you know, having, getting together with other filmmakers who've, who've, 
you know, in your area or in some area that have been rejected and, and, you know, maybe doing a, a co-screening, um, you know, cause you want, you want work to be seen. Hmm. So, you know, and I, I mean, there's also, you know, persistence and not every, not every film is right for every festival, but, um, you know, there are festivals out there that, that maybe your film doesn't fit with this one, but it fits with that one. So I would, you know, I would try to resist having a, you know, just a, a two festival sort of, um, plan for your film and really looking closely at, you know, what's, you know, what your options are and what might work. Um, that's probably a good idea as well. Uh, oh yeah, all that. Do you have general advice from a programming perspective? Too, probably too much that nobody wants to hear. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I can tell you, I, I tell people this all the time, like, um, 30 minute shorts are really tough. Mm-hmm. It's got to be really, really good. Um, it's, you know, what's really compelling is a really solid five minute short. I mean, a really solid five to seven minute short is compelling, but a really solid five minute short is compelling. I know that doesn't always work. I, I mean, I know that, you know, a film, a film's length, is, you know, it needs to be whatever it is, right? But um, but I do think that a five-minute... Oh, sorry about that. Sorry. I, I do think that a five-minute short film is a compelling thing. Um, you know, genre films are a little easier to program, but again, I mean, I don't, you know, I want to say, like, go make a film just so it'll get programmed, or just... And just like I wouldn't say go make a film just so it'll get distribution. I mean, those are things that I understand, you know, so, you know, sometimes filmmakers always have to do, right? But um, but those are the things that do that do help. Is sort of oftentimes a genre film can be can be easier to play, um, and in a, a five minute short is much easier to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying there there are I always think this there are so and, and this is not a this is not a slight at anybody, but there are so many dramas, so many dramas. You're just your your competition for a drama is going to be so much higher um, than competition for a comedy or for an action film for that matter. Hmm. Um, those, those are the kind of films that when it comes to indies, we don't see a ton of, we don't see a ton of sci-fi. Um, we certainly don't see a ton of good sci-fi. We don't see a ton of comedies and we don't see, you know, um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, I mean, there, there are certainly, there's just a lot, there's a drama is a big, especially relationship drama. It's just, there's a big pool of those films. So the competition is going to be really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, so was... thinking about that. No, sorry, Colin. Oh, it's okay. Thinking about, you know, thinking about that and like, what are other people not doing? Um, and, and that also, that also comes into play with, with diversity and casting, you know? Mm. Um, if your entire film is, is, you know, white guys, well, there's a lot of films that the entire film are white guys. I mean, just really consider what happens when you what happens when you take one of those leads in this film that you've been thinking about and you and you make that lead, you know, female or you make that lead non you know, non white or non straight or <laughs> so those kind of things really those kind of things really, really help a lot. Um, and diversifying not just the content but who's you know, who's making up this film. Yeah. Um, and no. so that's, you know, that's another piece of advice that I have um, yeah, no, in I regards to agree. trying to get in. I'll say, I, this is, I'm going to say something really controversial now. Mm-hmm. Almost every film in the world could be 15 minutes shorter. Time is uh, I hate, I mean, I hate to, I hate to, I'm certainly not, you know, like I'm not going up against Orson Wilde theory. But the students who fell asleep in my class certainly thought that Citizen King could have been 15 minutes shorter, but no. Um, 
I just think, you know, the other, uh, like a runtime of a runtime of 75 or 80 minutes. is awesome. And that's even better for you guys, because the more of that you get, you have like room for a whole nother film. Exactly. And that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly what I'm getting at, but I'm, I mean, not, you know, don't just make something programmable for length, but like a, really look at some films and think, how could this be more efficient? Because there are a lot of films, there are a lot of films that I love and they've got a 105 minute runtime and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking it's not just about the fact that the runtime is 105 minutes. It's the fact that like, while there's something great here of this 105 minutes, there are some things that are going on that are, that aren't contributing to pace, you know, that aren't contributing to the structure and aren't contributing to the narrative and could go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough call. So efficiency. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough call. Um, I mean, whatever. It's a case-by-case basis. Uh, it is. It is. What are you going to do? But it's a question I think every, I think it's a question that can be helpful for every filmmaker to ask. And if, this, if, the, if the answer is no, this damn thing is 105 minutes and that's where it should land and that's what it needs to be, if that's truly where it, what it is, then yeah, yeah, do that. I just think that oftentimes... You know, that question of efficiency, I think sometimes filmmakers get, and, I, and again, I'm speaking as a former filmmaker, and I'm speaking as a former filmmaker who made a documentary that's 45 minutes too long, and that's why no festival programmed it. Just looking at something and not being so attached to it and try to remove yourself a little bit and bring other people in, which I know people test screen, I get that, but bring other people in and really look at it and say, what is it that could be, what is happening in my film um, that is contributing to the forward motion of the story and to the pace. And is it, is it efficient? Is it efficient? And sometimes that's, a, sometimes filmmakers are on this, on a rush time frame, and you don't have that time to take a little, to take some step back and, and revisit your film. I've talked to a lot of filmmakers who say, now that I look at it five years later, the damn thing's 15 minutes too long. But the weird thing is it's so easy now to, to just make a quick edit. To like remove an entire chunk of the film and just to see if that works and if it feels better, and um, yeah, there's there's the aspect of being like precious and stubborn and sensitive, but you are your own worst enemy and your hardest critic. So if you are feeling like maybe this is too long, then you should just remove something. It'll take like just take like an hour or something, and and makes this drastic change and and see if that makes it feel better and if it doesn't and it has to be like 105 minutes then whatever leave it but it's definitely right. worth a try to like do these things because it's it's on your computer it's right in front of you it's very easy to just try it and know that when you're trying it that it yes every uh, it's not just the sidewalk film festival i think you, most programmers you talk to it's much easier to program a 75 minute or 80 minute film than a 110 minute film yeah totally Winding down a little bit, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to? Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess if I'm just thinking about throwing something out there and what's on my mind, we are in the process. I'm knocking on wood somewhere around here. We are in the process of opening mm-hmm. up a movie theater, oh, cool. which is a which is a dream come true. So um, we are intensely excited um, and also uh, ecstatic and terrified. Um, about opening a cinema. So, wow. Uh, so, what's the timetable on that? Um, that's that's a little tough to answer right now. We we have a we we are about halfway through our capital campaign. 
little over halfway through our capital campaign. Um, we have um, all of our permits approved, and we are in the process of uh, trying to get to the point where we can break ground. Um, and so we're hoping, um, uh, well, we're hoping in, you know, sort of late 2018, early 2019 to have doors open. That's awesome. Congrats. So, yeah, thank you. And we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, this turns out it's, turns out opening a movie theater is tough. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great, though. So you would just do year-round programming, um, like, kind of connected to Sidewalk? Like, what what have you thought of, like, in terms of programming? Would you do it or you get someone new? Yeah, I'm working. I'm, well, the same programming team will be programming the cinema, and I'll be taking the lead on that, I'm excited to say. And it is a calendar model, and it is going to be, yep, year-round, sort of seven-day-a-week programming. 300, I think we're saying 365, but it might be 363 or something like that days a year. Mm. Um, and uh, and so we'll be doing retrospectives and new indies, including big indies. And um, we will still have the Sidewalk Film Festival exactly as you as you know it now. But um, well, that'll just open up two new venues for us with DCP. So um, it's a two-screen cinema with 100 seats each. Wow. And um, sort of hardworking programming model where, you know, um, pretty much any day of the week you can see a different retrospective and, um, you know, we'll have week long, possibly two week long big indie runs, but, um, you know, there's a chance to kind of, I feel like there'll be something different every single day of the week to, to do in the space oh, or see so in the cool. space. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. I had no idea you were doing that. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, submissions are closed, correct? Submissions are closed. If, I don't know when, when you're airing this or when people might be listening because I know the world of podcasting can I'm, – I'm, like, really not caught up on my podcast, so I know it could be pretty late. But um, people can always try to email me for a deadline waiver. I might be able to sneak one in if you catch it early enough. Okay. And that's – yeah, I'm Rachel. At, I'm on the website, but it's, you know, Rachel at SidewalkFest.com. People, send her an email. Not too many, though. Well, yeah, I guess a few. Yeah, we can't figure that out. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, well, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I've been trying to do, get a programmer on here for a while. Um, so thank you for filling that hole. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Yeah, totally. If you are a filmmaker and you're listening, you don't have anything ready. Sidewalk Film Festival is an amazing place. Birmingham is a great place to go to. And, uh, I would recommend submitting if you didn't get to this year, then do it next year. Um, and I've been there and I've had a great time. So it's, I'm not even just, you know, trying to make Rachel like me. I think it's a really cool festival. It's definitely one of the ones that you would want to have your film play at. Thanks again, Rachel. It's been real. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.